0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the MAPS Step Back Podcast.
1: Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning, ball in the airline center, we about to get litty. Luca carrying a torch, boy jumped up on the porch, how you reckon with his force, third season in the game and he a legend by his fourth, look, the dirt, now the king of Dallas, airline serving, as the palace, young team and it's full of talent, won revenge, we accept the challenge, Luca carrying a legacy, what it take to be an MVP, being great, know it cost a fee, No it really ain't that hard to see, hold on wait, silence the critics cause they never did it, Pass L Jordan I ain't woke up the city, map shooting hot like we straight out the chimney, go back to Batman I'm calling them Drizzy, both triple doubles I'm waiting on 50, step back but you know it's so filthy, if I get down on my team gonna lift me, rep the map, step back overcame the setbacks starting where we left at no we gotta get back Know we gotta get back rep the map, step back overcame the setbacks starting where we left at no we gotta get back like, no, we gotta get back Let me step back for a minute let me step back for a minute let me step back for a minute let me step back for a minute. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to
2: another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Doc Trigg. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Matt Galatson and Grant Afseth. And we have a couple of Mavs things to talk about today. But guys, I, I need to address something at the beginning of this one because I, I get asked at least at least five or six times a week uh, for the last three weeks, why I got suspended from Twitter. And so I'm just going to put it out there on the pod. And
3: if we- <laughs> You can't handle the truth.
2: <laughs> if, if anybody asks me, I'm just going to refer them to this podcast to the first couple of minutes of it. But, okay, so they suspended me for what they called copyright, uh, something to do with copyright, which is those DMCA notices. But the only problem is... The last DMCA notice I got was in December. So it had been over eight months. Uh, hadn't had any violations or anything. I, the last one they sent me, they asked me to remove the post that got flagged. I did. Haven't tweeted out that video since. I've been really careful about it. So just out of the blue, almost three weeks ago, they suspended me. They said it was for DMCA or whatever, but they didn't cite any specific uh, tweets that that made that happen. So they were like, "Oh, well, you can contact the people who flagged it and try to get them to retract it." Well, the only problem is Twitter. You didn't let me know who flagged it <laughs> or, or what was flagged. So that's what I'm currently working on. Blue Wire is helping me. Supposedly, uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Matt was un- was unsuccessful in his attempts yeah, to get his
3: bag. So they uh, they told me they were helping me too. Uh, that was. Like four months ago, so (laughs) guts.
2: And I'm sure, I'm sure they are trying, but like Twitter, anybody who ever has to has ever had to deal with Twitter's appeal process, oh my god, it's like the abyss. Like I, I actually, I got one reply like the first few week or the first week it happened, and then just nothing ever since. But anyway, so that's what I'm dealing with, guys. That's why I'm I'm now. Uh, tweeting exclusively from the Mavs Step Back uh, Twitter account. And hopefully I'll get it back, get my own back, but I'm I'm not going to hold my breath because, like I said, Matt never got his back. So (laughs) I think it's dumb. They didn't provide an actual detailed reason why I got suspended. So anyway, moving on from that, uh, guys, there really hasn't been much that's happened uh, between when we talked last week and now. Other than math, summer league. Uh, they recently signed Eugene uh, Amarui. Did I say that right? Amarui, uh to a two-way contract. Uh, he's, and I mean, he's not a he's not a young prospect by any means. He's twenty-four years old. Uh, he's from from Oregon. Uh, he was undrafted, free agent signing, rookie free agent signing. But I mean, he's he's shown us a lot in summer league. Uh, we talked about it earlier uh, in our group chat, but, you know, he in an interview, he said that he kind of uh, compares himself to the three guys he named was Draymond Green, Jay J Crowder and PJ Tucker. And I think we all kind of agree that, you know, the Draymond one that that one, I can see that now I'm not saying he's going to be Draymond Green. I'm just saying like the type of player he is. Uh, the build, you know, all that stuff. I I can see that. Uh, the other two, I don't really, you know, I I don't really see him comparing to PJ Tucker and Jake Crowder. I see him more of a, you know, DeJuan Blair type, Brandon Bass, you know, so, something like that. So, uh, Matt. We'll start with you, or no? We'll start with Grant on this one because yeah. He, let, let's
3: start with the draft expert. <laughs> yeah,
2: we'll start with Grant on this one, and then we'll go over to you, Grant. What do you think about uh, Amaru's
4: uh, summer league so far? For the- yeah, I think there's been some intriguing uh, flashes for sure. I think he's shown some good uh, passing flashes. I think uh, uh, just the the areas that um, yeah he's left uh, room. Uh, for improvement, would be defensively like he's overhelped under the rim a lot, and then uh, been slow to get out the shooters. Sometimes he's kind of lost tabs on shooters, and uh, I think his foot speed uh, isn't quite where you'd want it to where he could uh, you know handle. Uh, closing out and containing drives off the catch, things of that nature. I think uh, that's definitely where the uh, Draymond Green comparison uh, quickly dies from an overall player perspective is uh, definitely defense for sure.
2: I like that he's energetic.
4: I like that, you know, uh, from start to finish, he's
2: always giving uh, 100% effort. And it kind of got him in trouble today because – uh, Metu, I can't I, I don't I can't say his first name, but Metu from the Kings. Uh, you know, the game was pretty much out of hand at that point. The the Mavs were losing and uh Metu was gonna go up for a, a big dunk and uh Amarui Amorui uh was just like no you're not doing that he had a hard foul. Uh Metu was slammed to the ground and did not like it and got up and basically punched Amarui in the face. <laughs> Both, both players were ejected from a summer league game. So, you know i I personally didn't think the foul was as bad. I mean it. I, I was I wasn't like opposed to the ejection for the flagrant two, but I mean I wasn't I wasn't opposed to the foul either. I mean I thought it was a, a good foul given what Metu was trying to do to him. So, uh, but I, I like the energy. I like the never never quit mentality he has. Uh, his jump shot is, you know, surprisingly smooth. I wasn't expecting that, you know, right out of the gates. So overall I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, I think he has more, I think he's shown us more in this, you know, short stint than, you know, what Tyler Bay showed us uh, when he was holding that other two way contract for the Mavs. So I'm happy with it. Um, uh, We'll see where it goes from there it's uh it's Nico Harrison's first two-way signing uh, as a GM so uh, there's not really an uh, not the not, not that the two-way signings amount to much overall around the league, but you know uh it's it's just at some point it's gonna have to produce something right I mean <laughs> I mean maybe this can be one of those situations where either, uh Amarui or Nate Hinton, maybe something can happen there. Uh speaking of Nate Hinton, I like the guy, but I mean I wasn't just, you know, I wasn't thrilled by his summer league. Uh the same for uh the same for uh Tyrell Terry. I had higher hopes for him. Now again, you know, he, he got hurt, he injured his, his groin and uh he didn't he only played like two and a half or uh, one and a half games in summer league. But uh, the first game, he ended up with like twenty two points, and I mean, if you're just looking at the box scores, like, oh man, he shot fifty percent from the field, fifty percent from three, scored twenty two points. Okay, you know, he's taking a step forward, but I mean, the majority of those points were scored in garbage time, <laughs> when uh, you know, when uh, uh shoot, Tyrese Maxey, yeah, when Tyrese Maxey wasn't uh, guarding him. In that fourth quarter of that game, and it was well out of reach. So, I mean, overall, I what I've gotten out of this summer league, guys. Going into it, I was like, I don't really want to part with some of these guys if it, you know, in order to get a guy like Goran Dragic, who is 35 years old, uh, especially if he's eventually going to get bought out anyway, and they can just sign him. But I mean, after watching summer league. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, you know, I wouldn't be that mad about it. I still don't want to do it because I don't want to give up on guys too early. Uh, I mentioned it on Twitter earlier today uh, from the Mav Step Back account. You know, there's a lot of people that gave up on Dorian Finney-Smith early. And it, it just takes some of these guys, especially guys who aren't drafted early, like in the first round, and, you know, they just don't have a ton of experience, It takes guys a while to get adjusted and to develop. And I get that we're in a hurry because Luka has accelerated as much as he has in a short period of time. But, you know, there's just something about like I I really do still want to see what guys like uh, Tyrell Terry and Josh Green can do when they get actual minutes in NBA games. And I just don't think we've seen. I don't think we have a big enough sample size to completely say, okay, these guys aren't going to work. You know, let's just ship them off for anything. I kind of want to wait, but like I said, given what I've seen so far, I wouldn't be like completely upset if they were used in deals. You know, before the season starts. So, Matt, what's your take on that? I mean, I'll be, I mean, I know I know how much you want and Dragic. but I mean, how much everybody are you knows. To give- how much are you willing to give up now?
3: To- well, I, I think the important thing to remember about summer league, um, on the one hand, is that um, it's really just kind of an organized mess. Like it's it's not it's not like an NBA regular season. Like that we can't expect to see too much or too little from from anybody in summer league because it's you just never know what you're going to get. So that doesn't make me completely lose hope in, in Tyrell Terry or, or Nate Hinton. But I also do think that players like, like and Nate, Nate Hinton this past season specifically, is it's just, just kind of like a flavor of the month kind of thing. Um, I don't think that typically those guys don't really turn into anything. Right. I mean, yeah, the Mavs got a pretty decent starter out of Dorian Finney Smith, but for the most part, it's, it's kind of a crapshoot with, with these kind of guys. So, I'm I'm never opposed to to trading a, a second round pick for a, a, out of a guy who you know hasn't really done that much so far in order to get a, a guy who could be a real difference maker next season. Um, now, would I prefer that be Terry? Probably not, just because I think that he, you know, still has something a little bit there. But you know, it, when it comes down to it, you're you're trying to build. Um, something now because Luca is on that accelerated timeline. So if Tyrell Terry is the guy that kind of makes that deal go through a little bit easier then fine, throw him in there. Um, It's, it's just difficult to say, you know, how, how much they're going to be missing out on, on sending a guy like Terry or, or hitting away this early in their career, because, you know, they could never make it in the NBA. They could be Shane Larkin, you know, Shane Larkin got a little bit of a run here and there, but he's, I think he's in Europe now, so it's like any of those guys could be that guy, and any of those guys could be Dorian or, or something else. So, um, if you want to win now, you probably send Terry to Toronto along with the rest of the package. So it's you know you, you just kind of have to to take that risk and hope they don't turn into anything for someone else.
2: Shout out to Shane Larkin, by the way, because he can he he didn't stick in the league, but like he has. If you go and look at his overseas resume. It's really impressive. <laughs> like he has a uh, he has a couple of uh, Euro League championships and uh, finals MVP over there and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he has a very very impressive resume. So shout out to him. You mentioned him, but yeah, I mean, look, and you also have the uh, you also have the Lauri Markin situation too. I mean, we don't know how that's going to play out. Uh, there's been a couple of reports that the Mavs have interest there. Uh, and you know, we could be waiting on, uh, an aggregation date. Cause like, uh, let's see, I saw it in the chat somewhere here. Oh, I was, uh, wash Mavs blog. So that was Tyler. He said, uh, let's see. Oh, his prediction. He said, Mavs will trade Moses Brown, Josh Green, and Dwight Powell for Lori Markkinen on, uh, October 1st. So that that's like the aggregation date for when they can include other players in a trade uh, with Moses Brown since they just traded for him, basically. And, I mean, look, if you're trying to read the tea leaves, I can see how that could happen because Josh Green, he hardly played any in the Olympics, which I don't think anybody really expected him to anyway. But he hardly played any in, the, any in the Olympics. And then after not playing in, in the Olympics, he doesn't play any in Summer League either. When he probably should have been. So that was interesting that he didn't play any in Summer League. Then you have Moses Brown, who, you know, I, I posted a thing yesterday. A guy, uh, I think it was CBS Sports, that wrote that Moses Brown, he was set to uh, play in Summer League for the Boston Celtics before the trade. And then the trade happened, and we have not seen Moses Brown once <laughs> for the Mavs. Uh, another thing, Dwight Powell, he his name has been brought up in potential trades. Maybe it's just me putting my tinfoil hat on here, but, I mean, we haven't seen Mavs' social media, you know, posting about him near as much as they usually do this summer. You know, maybe they've been told, like, hey, might want to hold off a little bit. This guy's going to get traded <laughs> or might get traded. So, I don't know how it's going to go, but I just, there's a couple different situations there. You've got the Drogits, you've got the marketing uh, thing. I feel like if, if you had to, if you made me choose, if you said you have to choose one or the other here and it's the same trade package that I just mentioned earlier, I would lean more towards doing it for marketing just because he's out younger. Out I'm sorry, Matt, I know, but I, <laughs> I, I would lean more towards that because he's a younger player, uh, if you're doing a sign and trade, you're guaranteed uh, three years. For, so for a sign and trade grant, correct me if I'm wrong here, but if the Mavs did a sign and trade for marketing, it would have to at least be for three years with no options, right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, yeah, so you're gonna it, you would get marketing on at least a three year deal. Could be four with an option, but it has to be at least three years straight. So, given his age, he's 24 years old. uh, Given some flashes we've seen from him, if the Mavs are going to make a trade like that, I'd rather it be for marketing. Especially since I think they hold a a good bit of leverage in the Dragic Dragic situation, you know, given the public comments, him saying that uh, he has higher uh, expectations than, than what he would have playing In Toronto, so I don't think he wants to be there. I think it's basically just a waiting game for him. Uh, If it came down to it, if Markkinen signs somewhere else and uh, the Raptors keep playing hardball, eventually I would probably give in, (laughs) just because I think uh, Dragic makes your team a lot better this upcoming season. But I mean, if if I had a choice, I would go with Markkinen. But anyway, Grant, I mean, if if you were the Mavs, what would you do in this?
4: Yeah, I would probably wait out the Goran Dragic situation a little bit after thinking about it. I think uh, just seeing how Malachi Flynn has performed in Summer League and just um, just last season in general too, I think it really doesn't make much sense for a team who just picked number four to bring in Dragic and give him a lot of minutes. I think uh, just moving on from that situation makes the most sense for them. And uh, capitalizing on that from Dallas' perspective is probably what I would do
2: yeah and i see i'm about to bring up our guy x here he has a a speaker request waiting here but he just said in the chat that oh man we must be down bad if we think that uh marketing will bring anything other than spot up shooting and i mean i agree with that to an extent i mean we are kind of down bad that we're (laughs) we're putting this much thought into a potential uh marketing sign and trade but the thing about marketing is if he, and it's been reported that he does want to play in Dallas. That was earlier uh, during last season that that came up. So if he wants to play in Dallas and, you know, Dallas is kind of, they kind of have their, their hands tied behind their back. There's only so much uh, that they can give him if he wants to play there, that could potentially be a really good value deal for them. You know, you could get him under what he probably should be making uh, he could be KP insurance. Uh, you know, I mean, I get it. He's, he hasn't shown to be a, the most versatile player, but, I mean, shoot, I, <laughs> you could argue that he has done more than, than what KP showed us in the playoffs <laughs> last year. So that's where I'm at. I mean, if it's for the, if it's for the right price, you know, if it's around like the, uh, the $10 million a year, mar- year mark, I'm fine with that. That's a contract you can potentially trade. You know Luca's gonna make him better anyway. How much better is yet would be is yet to be seen, but you could make it to where, you know, his value is raised and you can use him as a trade chip later. The Mavs need more assets. You know, I that that's the that's the one thing I'm looking at. They need more assets to where it's like or more proven assets I should say. So
5: that's where I'm at. Anyway, X Come on up here and yell yell at us. for! Oh, yeah, I'm fired up now. I'm kidding. No, nah, it's just – look, the thing about Laurie is that he's not going to be anything then – he's going to be in the, in the corner and ask to shoot threes. And, hey, maybe when Luca give him a wide-open look, so he'll probably shoot 40% from three. But at that point, offensively, eh, he's not really doing anything to raise our salmon. And defensively, he doesn't rebound, so you're not going to put him at the five. And if you put him at the four – I mean, it's gonna get ugly if you're gonna ask him to guard a modern NBA four on the perimeter. I mean, he's gonna be a turnstile. So at that point, what are we paying fifteen million dollars for? Just a forty percent corner three-point shooter? That's not an asset. That's not yielding us a star. Um, because we're so we lack so many assets that what are we adding to Laurie to get a star? It's just it's just not enough. Now, the thing about Goring, look, he probably has a year left, if that. Maybe he's washed already. But I'm curious about what Luka looks like with an actual secondary playmaker. Now, it's entirely possible that Luke, that it's not it's not good. Maybe Luka isn't good enough off-ball for that to really make sense. And maybe you would just rather have – you would rather Luka be more ball-dominant. But I at least want to see what that looks like. And if our ceiling does look like it can be raised with a secondary playmaker, I understand that Dragic is just – you know He's a one-year stopgap, maybe two years, but at least I know, okay, this is what the Mavs need to go all in for, and that's a secondary playmaker. If Goran is playing well, he doesn't show that he's washed, but just offensively, it doesn't quite fit. Well, now we know, Okay, maybe we need to rethink about how we build around Luca. And I think trying to find the ideal team to build around Luca is more important than having a one dimensional player making 15 million dollars for three years and praying that someone falls in love with him and will trade us somebody for him. And that's just I I just don't see it. If if he really was, if he can't even fetch an office sheet as a restricted free agent. What makes you think that another team is going to give you assets for the right to overpay him on a bloated contract? I just, I don't believe that, but that's all I had.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
3: I, uh I I kind of agree with with the way X went there. Um I'm not a huge fan of of marketing. I mean he he does do the, the some nice things. He can shoot, he can do all those things, but but like X said, I mean he's he's a turnstile on defense and he's kind of um he's kind of a liability on then on that end. I I do think that the 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 Dragic conversation is interesting in the sense that yeah, he may be A little older, or maybe a little wash, or however you want to put it. Uh, First of all, blasphemy. He's amazing. He's the best player in the NBA. You should shut all your mouths. But the other thing is, he, and I I think I saw Kirk mention this on his um, Twitter account maybe a week or two ago, and he said, you know, Goron is the one player left, actually the one person left on the planet, probably, that can tell Luka to go kick rocks. You know, he he's the one person that can tell Luca hard truths and you know and give him some honest criticism and, and kind of keep his emotions in control and, and be that guy that, that Luca can, you know, rely on to um to do those things for him and keep his head level. And I, I think that's extremely important. Um, especially if you get him on the buyout, you know, you're not giving up ass- assets for that kind of intangible thing. But I, I think that's a massive, massive thing that people aren't thinking about. You know, they they think about Goron just on the court, um, and yeah, he does bring good things there, and, and he, you know, he he makes a big difference in the, in the way of secondary playmaking and in the way of um, you know a guy that can get his own shot and, and, and score. But um, those other. Those other things are, are just as important, I mean, and, and that's kind of why they added JJ Berea back, or they're adding JJ Berea back to the coaching staff. Um, but it's 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 different when it's a guy on the court, and I think that's something that you know people really need to think about when, in terms of mm-hmm. Dragic. And I have to
2: I have to add this because obviously when I say something, there's always going to be somebody that takes something the wrong way. <laughs> somebody somebody. Uh, it was sent to me, somebody said like, oh, Dalton, he prefers marking over Dragic. Uh, he thinks that, you know, we need the one dimensional uh, big, even though we already have a bunch of bigs instead of the secondary. play, that is not what I said. <laughs> that is not what I said. If we're talking about right now, we're talking about next season only. Give me Goran Dragic. That's who I want. I'm just saying, if, if you're asking, if whoever, whichever team, whether it's the Bulls or the Raptors, if they're asking for multiple assets, multiple young players or picks or whatever combination with Dwight Powell, and they, they can have Dwight Powell. I do not care there. But I'm just saying, like, if it's multiple players, multiple picks, and you have a chance to get another young talent who could, you know, be enhanced by Luka's play over the next handful of years. And it has to be at least three years, versus the thirty-five-year-old point guard on an expiring deal. I just think the potential f- to maximize your value there would be to go the mar- marketing route. But if it was just, you know, if you told me you had to have one player one season, I would choose Dragic.
3: So that's why. What- clearly, clearly, Dalton. What, what what Dalton is saying is that he hates Goron and he wants nothing to do with him and he only wants Lowry and he wants him to start from
2: That is on. what will be the headline on Twitter, I'm sure. I'm sure that's what'll be said. Anyway. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go on to our next speaker here. It's Washed Mavs blog, but he is actually Tyler Adams. Tyler, how's it going? Pretty good. What you got for us today?
6: Um, I would say, uh, you know, I agree with everything that you guys have been saying, uh, especially X. I would point out that the Bulls investigation with their uh, tampering with Lonzo Ball hasn't concluded yet. And Moses Brown's aggregation date being October 1st makes me believe that uh, they're waiting to see what happens with the investigation before... Um, you know, they kind of shop Lori harder because they, if they get fined a couple draft picks, like second round draft picks, they need to figure out what they can replenish. And the only other team that's been interested in Lori is been the Pelicans and, or, I mean, it, it's kind of a weird look if they turn back and, you know, go with the Pelicans and trade the team that they just got caught tampering with. So I would just say that, uh, Lori to Dallas makes sense in that sense. Plus, you know, if he's going for Dwight Powell, uh, Josh Green, and Moses Brown, he can get the money he wants at $15 million a year. And I I do feel pretty strongly that Goran Drogic gets bought out. So, um, like you said, Dalton, between the two, I would take Drogic. But I feel like if you read the tea leaves and see what's going on, the only other logical destination for Lori to play next year is Dallas uh if not Chicago.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that and I mean here's the thing that people aren't realizing too and you you realize it and I'm sure Matt and Grant do, you know, we've seen it over the last week or so but uh people bringing up the Pelicans with marketing, I mean, they obviously could give him the most money. <laughs> out of out of the teams left who can who can pay him there, that's the easiest route for him as far as making money, but it hasn't happened yet. And maybe it does have something to do with the tampering stuff that hasn't been concluded yet. But it also could have something to do with him just not wanting to play in New Orleans, uh, which seems to be the case with a handful of guys. Because, and I don't know how much that uh, uh, that that situation with JJ Reddick last year uh, had to do with it, because he ba- he blasted the Pelicans and uh, their front office after, you know, they traded him and didn't even acknowledge, you know, where he wanted to go. And basically what it was, they told him that they would, I think if I remember this right, they told him that they would consult with him uh, and let him know what was going on, where he would be traded. If he was traded and then he found out on Twitter, like everybody else, <laughs> that he was he was getting traded to Dallas, even though they knew that his preferred destination was one of the the East Coast teams. So, I think that fallout. You know, the way he blasted that front office. I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not, but they just can't get anybody. You know, uh, uh, Kyle Lowry. He wasn't even. Uh, I think if it was down, it was it was the Heat, the Mavs, and the Pelicans. Uh, it came out that the Mavs would have been his second choice, and then, I mean, maybe the Pelicans would be his third choice. That wasn't reported. It just, They just said that the Mavs came in second. Uh, they offered Tim Hardaway Jr. like $14 million more uh, over the same length of time than the Mavs did, and Tim Hardaway Jr. was just like, nah, <laughs> I'm staying in Dallas with Luka. Uh, I don't know. There's a couple other guys I saw that they tried for and, and couldn't get, but – uh, I mean, yeah, I, I really feel like even if marketing doesn't get that 15 million a year, like you were talking about, that you know that's kind of what he wants, I feel like he would take less than that if it meant he ends up in Dallas. I, I, I feel like they could get um, a good value contract there. Maybe I'm wrong, but that, that's just how I feel about it.
6: Yeah even if you know he is uh, a pretty one dimensional player, you know, Luca does raise a lot of player ceilings and with him already being a 40% three point shooter on six attempts a game. And, uh, Grant can probably tell me if I'm wrong or not on this, but I want to say, I saw a stat that says that he shoots like in the upper, uh, forties on spot ups. Like that seems in theory, like the perfect type of, uh, shooter that you want to put around, put around Luca, not necessarily a big, but just pure shooter. And, uh, you know, we've seen with guys like Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleba who had when they first got in the league. Like, we didn't sit there and say, "Oh my gosh, this guy is going to be a you know thirty-five percent plus three-point shooter." And Dorian Finney-Smith shot thirty-nine percent last season, and Maxi shot over forty percent. So uh, that's the only thing I would say in relation to marketing. If he's one-dimensional, it, yes, it's probably true. But if Luca raises uh, his shooting even more, that makes him a pretty valuable player on the court when he plays.
2: Yeah. And I mean, the whole one dimensional talk too. and X started that earlier in the chat, but uh, I mean, marketing has more of a post-up game than KP does at this point, in my opinion. And I think Grant was the one who tweeted out some, uh, some videos of those examples (laughs) uh, about a week or so ago. And I mean, Grant, uh, would you agree with that? I mean, I, I get that. I get that his main attribute is his shooting, but I mean, he's he seems to have a little bit more down low than what K.P. is currently.
4: Yeah, n- neither of them are phenomenal by any stretch. But um, in marketing, a lot of Bulls fans and uh, analysts rip him for not uh, looking to duck in more against smaller players. But uh, which I probably should have put in that tweet because a lot of Bulls people have fun with that. But. Um, uh, when he does decide to duck in, he is pretty solid at, you know, using his size and doing what you would want from a big man uh, more so definitely than Porzingis.
2: Matt, what do you think about Mark and, and his, you know, uh, uh, him being a one-dimensional player as, as something?
3: Well, I mean, I, I, I'm i going to be brutally honest here. I, I haven't really watched a lot of Lowry. Chicago from Houston Uh, or, or, you know, I've I've seen him when they've played Mavs and that's about all I got, but I mean, he's got talent. He's got, um, he's got some exciting tools, but he hasn't really put them to good use um, in Chicago, you know, the way people thought he would. So I don't know. I mean, look, it's, I think at the end of the day, you kind of have to look at it like this. Is he, and it's it's something you say a lot, Dalton. Is he going to make the Mavs better? And I think the answer is yes, because of the other bigs that they have on the roster. So
2: it's just funny. You know, to, like, it's,
3: he's a good player you're adding to your team.
2: Yeah, I mean, how can you look at at what you know Dwight Powell gives you uh, since you know <laughs> coming back from that injury he had, and you know what the Mavs got from their other bigs. Uh, in the postseason against the Clippers. I mean, like, how can you look at the current production and be like, oh, well, you know, in one-dimensional player, uh, he's not going to help much. I mean, I just don't think you can say that. I mean, he's talented. I think he he helps you out. At the very least, he gives you some KP insurance because they're similar players uh, at full strength. And if KP isn't completely washed from you know, knee, his knee injuries, uh, you know, KP is the much better defender or at least rim protector uh, than Lori is. But, you know, just style of play, especially offensively, they're similar. And you would have a cheaper insurance policy for KP if he does get hurt during the season. It's like, oh, okay, well, we have the, the 2.0 version that's not quite as good, but we can plug him in there and, well, you know, not –
3: here, let me let me ask I see down in the chat X is kind of uh ripping X Mark uh, L- he uh, Larry. Not a little bit.
2: Mark in <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, he is he is definitely team anti Lowry, but and, and that's fine. Like everybody has their opinion, but but I guess my question would be to anybody who's detracting away from this is would you rather have Bobon or Dwight Powell on the floor? No. I think
7: the answer is probably no. No. Yeah. Like I my thing on Lurie is, yeah, he's going to be a liability. And he was, you know, his usage is way down from before. But he's still being efficient. He's, he's, uh, I think, 63.4% around the basket, which is actually better than Luka. I mean, obviously, totally different sample size and everything. But, like, he can finish around the basket. He can play with his back to the basket on, on smaller guys. You know, he's over 50% in the corners and, um, you know, shoots well at the, at the like, at the top of the three point line. So he's got his spaces. He understands his spots and he's really efficient in in that way. I think he's going to be a very useful rotation guy, but I don't know if he's going to, you know, challenge anybody for starting minutes really, but the fact that he can finish and he does have a little bit of muscle on him. I think he can, you know, he never played with a, with a real point guard either. So I think it's, it'll be interesting to see how he plays with Luca. I do think he can unlock some things. And I mean, if you, if you're saying that we can get a 13 point per game guy that can do it real efficiently, I'll take it. We need as much talent as we can get. So I think we can have him as a reclamation project and, and gain his value just like we did with Tim.
2: Yeah. Good, good stuff, Jesse. I appreciate you pitching in there. And uh, I've, we kinda of rambled for a little bit and I'm gonna be completely honest. I forgot that I even, you know, hit the accept thing on the speaker request. So I'm glad I'm glad you did say something because we could have just kept going on forever there. But while we got you up here, I do wanna ask your opinion on the uh, on the, the Mavs younger guys like we talked earlier and you know, your willingness to include those guys in a package for either of the two you know, remaining prospects that we think the Mavs could potentially add before the end of the offseason in Goran Dragic and Laurie And I mean, where, where are you at on the young guys? Uh, do you think that they still have something to give, it's worth waiting on, or are you ready to just kind of, you know, pull the trigger on one of these trades and which one?
7: Well, just like, you know, just like we've been doing for this longest time, we've been giving up young assets to get veterans that don't (laughs) either don't play for us or, or something like I, I just, as a, you know, an investment standpoint, we were doing terrible. So I don't necessarily want to trade for Drogic, uh, especially if you could probably get him, you know, towards the end of the season or trade deadline in another situation. I think Laurie depends on who you're giving up, but like, there's an outside chance for any of our young guys to really turn into anything. I don't really know if we have anything. And, I mean, I don't mind a second-round pick. I just don't want to give up a first. Because, yeah, people can say, oh, a first-round pick means nothing in the 20s or whatever we're going to be winning. But it also backs us into a corner to where we can't be flexible in the future for maybe a better trade. And we can't really uh, have that backup of, if we do have injury-riddled season, we want to be able to... to have some sort of high draft pick to either move or, you know, get better. So I don't want to give up a first by any means. Um, I don't know if that's even on the, you know, table at all. But uh, I think, Laurie, you know, a young player swap and some maybe a second or something like that. I'm not against that. I just wouldn't do that for Drogic because I don't think one that, uh, you know, with his comments uh, about Toronto and things like that, I don't know if they, they're going to hold on to him. I think he's more of an outside shot to be a buyout, but I don't think they want to buy him out right now. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think that's going to be more of a trade deadline thing.
2: Well, and I and I agree. Good stuff, Jesse. And I, I agree with you on all of that. Uh, it really just depends on, you know, what the Mavs think of their young players going into this season because, like I said, I mean, they, they really haven't shown you much, but they really haven't gotten, like, a lot of an opportunity to show you much. Uh, and the, the best-case scenario for the Mavs would be, you know, to have those guys show you something, uh, increase their trade value as being, you know, valuable young players on – rookie deals and then maybe you can swing for the fences and do a bigger trade because of that later down the line that would be the ideal situation for the Mavs but as we know that's you know (laughs) that's not always uh the case you know that, that that might not pan out and you have a new GM Nico Harrison he didn't draft these guys you know maybe he has a different eye for for talent than Donnie Nelson did maybe he sees something that You know, tells him, okay, well, maybe this guy just doesn't have it, and they end up trading them now before you know it comes before later, and when they don't have hardly any trade value. So, I would be okay with it. Uh, Like I said, it just depends on how much uh, each each situation, whether it's with you know Chicago or Toronto, seeing how uh, how much they ask. It that's really just that's that's where it comes down to me that's where the decision comes down to me. It's like if the Raptors want a ton, if they want like multiple young players, plus a couple of picks, second round picks, even, uh, you know, stuff like that. I don't think you do it because even if Toronto doesn't buy Dragic out, I think they will eventually trade him uh, to a team like maybe OKC, who's going to have to find a way to meet the salary floor somehow before, (laughs) before the off season is over. And then they end up buying him out or something. So, that's where I'm at on that. Uh, okay, here's our next speaker, Troy Wilcox. I think he's a first-time speaker here. Troy, what's up, man?
8: I am a first-time speaker, but a uh, long-time listener. Love you guys. Uh, keep keep doing good content. So, um, so yeah, as far as the Lori thing goes, I tend to lean that way um, as well. And I think that a big issue is he can replicate what KP does on the floor, as far as the spacing, as far as the, at least on offense anyway, uh, as far as where you put him, the types of sets you can run with him, and just, you know, we saw versus the Clippers when KP got hurt, you're throwing Boban in there, and it just changes everything and throws a huge wrench in what we're trying to do offensively. So I think he kind of could be KP insurance a little bit obviously a poor man's KP if KP is a poor man's KP himself sometimes. Um, but I, you know, I feel like that's none of our other big guys can kind of do that. I mean, Maxi a little bit, but, um, but yeah, so if we're giving up any assets, I would say it would have to be for, for Lori. And again, raising the floor for these guys is just what Luca does. I mean, look at, tim hardaway jr he was a throw-in he was garbage whatever you want to call him um but by having the gravity Luca has he's gonna find you and i could see lori being a a nice little role player and and a little bit of insurance as well i I mean i love dragic and i think making Luca happy super important um as well and that would just be another component you look at bringing in JJ bringing him back and and some of the other things that we've done with with Bobby, so um, I just wouldn't want to pay much for a Goron um, just because of the you know it's not a long term thing and does he get us to championship level next year? That's that's a stretch. So um, I think what we've done this off season is good. It's getting more assets, more things that that complement. What we saw Luca do in the Olympics with these with these shooters all around him, um, sure. yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah
2: for sure. I, I, the Olympics point is is a is a good one to make because it's like you know that that Slovenian national team. There, I mean, it's kind of like the little engine that could. You know, they <laughs> they're all pretty small except for Mike, Toby, and and Luca, obviously. But you know, it it's one of those things where you, if you put good shooters around Luca guys who can hit open shots, I mean, you're going to win a bunch of basketball games. You're going to score a bunch of points. We saw it when they had Seth Curry. Uh, the season before last had the most historic offense in, in league history. Uh, and then they ended up ruining that by trading for Josh Richardson. <laughs> but, you know, that that's the thing. It's like, they, yeah, they didn't have the the biggest or splashiest offseason that, that we wanted. Uh, but you know, they did have a good offseason. The team did improve. And I know because of our expectations, because, you know, it didn't live up to our expectations, we kind of get sucked into this whole, like, oh, well, the Mavs did not have a good offseason. That's just not factual, though. They did have a good offseason. It just didn't live up to our expectations. Both things can be true there. Uh, Are they championship level yet? I mean, I don't think so, but... You know, Luca. He's still young. He's only 22 years old. He's still going to get better. Uh, you know, if he ends up improving his three point shot again, like he did this past season, uh, they're going to win more games because of that alone. In my opinion, the free throw thing is a, a is a big thing he needs to work on. Still, uh, if they get anything from KP that you know resembles the the pre meniscus injury KP, that's going to be a plus. Uh, you have other internal growth that you could see from guys like you know Jalen Brunson or some of the rookies if they get an opportunity under uh, Jason Kidd as the new coach. Uh, and then you added two 40% three-point shooters, two guys that if you added them to the roster last year based on their three-point percentages, they would have been the Mavs' top two three-point shooters in Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown. So. And we know those guys can play defense too. When they, and by the way, Sterling Brown's going to mess around and become a fan favorite before the season even starts if he keeps predicting uh, championships on his IG story <laughs> like he did last night. So uh, he, he's trying to channel his inner Jason Terry there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, guys, it's uh, the, the majority of the, the fireworks or even the, the firecrackers, so to speak has already happened for the Mavs, so we're just kind of waiting and seeing what's going to happen the rest of the way. But, you know, given the how Summer League turned out for the Mavs, it's got me kind of down on the younger guys. Uh, I still believe in them. I just, uh, you know, I was really hoping to see – Tyrell Terry and Josh Green just dominate summer league just to, and and Matt mentioned it earlier, summer league play doesn't guarantee you anything. Uh, You know, we've seen it many times, guys dominate in summer league, but they really can't do anything in the, in the NBA itself. So I'm not, I'm not saying that that would have proven anything, but it would have at least made you feel better about it. And it would give you more to, to offer some of these other guys in trades, uh, these other teams in trades, Going forward as well. So, all right, Grant, Matt, anything else y'all want to add before we take off
5: here?
3: Um, I would just say if you're a Texas Longhorns fan, go check out my other podcast. Plug, 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 plug. <laughs> but it's called Longhorns Country Podcast.
2: Yeah, Matt's dipping on us. He's going to do his own uh, his own stuff with the Texas Longhorns. So it might just be me and Grant here before too Don't long. Don't
3: say stuff like that.
2: <laughs> Grant, how about you? Any closing thoughts?
4: Honestly, uh, I think uh, just waiting for more uh, developments uh, with Larry Markkinen and Goran Dragic and things of that nature until training camp rolls around is probably uh, it's probably the limitation uh, for what uh, we'll be able to talk about for sure. But other than that, uh, I think we, uh, you know, I think we pretty much. Yeah, I
2: refuse, and I I know some people mentioned it, and they wanted me to bring it up, and I will here at the very end. But I I just, I did not want to to spend a considerable amount of time talking about it. But two guys who are who who, who, well, two guys who haven't been in the league for a minute and are attempting to make an NBA comeback, uh, Monte Ellis, who's thirty five, which I think there is zero percent chance. Of him coming back to the Mavs, so I don't know. You know, there was there was a bunch of talk about that. I went back and watched his Mavs highlights, though. That gave me a good smile. But no, guys, he, he's I, I highly doubt he would even you know be at Mavs camp. And then the other guy, Lance Stevenson, who you know a lot about, Grant, <laughs> covering the Pacers for uh, for as long as you have. Um, uh, I, I, I he's only thirty years old, but I just don't see that one.
4: Yeah, it gets a little frustrating uh, for long stretches uh, if you have a ball-dominant player like Luka, and then uh, having Lance share the floor with that type of player, he uh, tends to do a little too much, uh, and, you know, he, he showed a little bit with the Lakers, like, he was more efficient than he ever has been in spot-up, but it's just he's just way too inconsistent, and he has lapses uh, defensively, uh, where he guns for steals and things like that, like... I would I would look elsewhere if I had uh, a personal
2: I mean Lance Stevenson hasn't been good since like 2016 or 2015 in my opinion so I just don't think that's going to happen now th- all that being said if we're talking about like camp invites uh, and it got mentioned by Troy in the chat down there he said DSJ reunion do not be shocked if if Dennis Smith jr. ends up with a camp invite. If he doesn't get, you know, a contract from anyone else, I mean, that's just from talking to Dennis. From talking, I asked Mark Cuban about it, uh, and he said, you know, obviously right now the, the main fifteen roster spots are filled, but he said, you know, that could change due to trades. And then obviously you can bring twenty guys to training camp, uh, and they, I think they only have what seventeen of the twenty spots filled, so they could still bring three more guys. So do not be shocked. If uh, if he ends up at at Mavs training camp at the very least, so we'll see how it goes. But just wanted to to drop that in there before we took off here. But guys, we appreciate it as always. Be sure to go like, rate and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want a chance of winning a T-shirt, just make sure you put your Twitter ad or Instagram ad, some kind of social media Uh, Profile to where we can find you and tell you you want a shirt. If you win one, Uh, we've given out a ton of these over the last month, uh, month and a half. So be sure to do that if you want a chance at winning a t shirt. We appreciate it. Y'all have a great week this week. Uh, We may be on here sooner than the next weekend, uh, depending on what happens. I'm going to try to get back on here at least by Wednesday. So we will see you guys next time. Y'all have a great one.
1: Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute Let me step back for a minute Let me step back for a minute